You are listening to This is Oklahoma, hosted by Mike Hearn, telling stories of Oklahomans and those that have made it their home. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you a little bit about our current sponsors, uh, the Oklahoma Hall of Fame. As you well know, if you've been following This is Oklahoma, they've been a huge part of this podcast. So this podcast is presented by the Oklahoma Hall of Fame, telling an Oklahoma story through its people since 1927. For more information on the Hall of Fame, go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on Instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Also for the podcast, a new sponsor, RCB Bank. Since 1936, RCB Bank has offered progressive products and a friendly service. Come in today to find out more about their loan promotion on new used refinance cars, boats, campers, and ATVs. Visit RCB Bank to learn more. RCB Bank, that's my bank. With approved credit, restrictions apply. Now, let's get into today's episode. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of This is Oklahoma. Mike Hoon here, your host. Back with another episode down at the Bedford studio today with... Um, Mr. Coleman Clark to talk about BC Clark and I know you all of you listening to this and you're singing it already in your head as I am um, when I first came to the States uh, it was in the fall and that first Christmas everyone was singing it and I'm like what are you singing what is this every time on the radio around Christmas and I'm like now Martin who, who's one of the, the, the employees here at Bedford's made a joke he said that um you know, they, they now teach the uh, the song in Oklahoma history classes because it's been around so long. Probably uh, in marketing classes too. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, it, you know, as a marketing major myself, I, I love seeing stuff like that and hearing stuff like that. So, Colin, thanks so much for coming down. I really appreciate it. Um, excited to hear the story. Excited to, you know, dive into family business uh, and hear about everything that, you know, that, that, it, that goes on um, at BC Clark. But one of the things I do love is the kind of the the the, um, the catchphrase you guys have, right? It's you know from the heart of Oklahoma, and and I saw that you know it's the first thing you see on the website, and you know that's what we're going to dive into today. Is is it's not just about the business, right? It's about people, and it's about the impact that you guys have had for so long. And and eighteen ninety two is, mm-hmm. it's a very long time ago. Um, so thanks so much for coming in. Uh, appreciate you, you know, coming down and, and willing to share some stories. Um, I mean, what's kind of like your, I guess, your earliest memories of kind of just working with with family and then at the store and everything like that? That's that's interesting. I I did uh, grow up spending uh, Christmas breaks and uh, some summer times at the store. Uh, those those early years of trying to earn a little bit of money um, probably started with uh, gift wrapping mm-hmm. first. I'm actually a, a pretty good gift wrapper. Yeah, <laughs> because I did it a lot uh, as a young boy. Um, you know, windexing the showcases, uh, things like that. So literally, you know, starting at the bottom. But I remember going down to the downtown store. At that time, we had a carpet that was like emerald green, like mm-hmm. bright green that was the the color of the day i guess right before the uh things changed you know to orange right and uh uh puke green and worse colors in the 70s <laughs> i'm sure you got some great photos of that yeah, too i do yeah it's it's come a long way you know I've, I've been in the new store or the most recent store right that's in that's in class and curve and it's fantastic you know it's a beautiful beautiful spot um and obviously grand opening and everything you guys had last year it's it's come a long way for sure right from that green it's come a long way you know we we 
when we make decisions to move a store or to open a new store, we really look at the long term and we really plan to be there for a long mm-hmm. time. So we're we're pretty careful about our moves and our yeah, yeah. Um, expansions. And so, you know, we were at Penn Square for over 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been at North Park for, I think, 40 years um, and downtown for, you know, since 1929. So, yeah. you know, we plan to be at Class and Curve for a long time. So we built it in a way that was... Uh, you know, classic, mm-hmm. and will stand the test of time. And it's it's just a beautiful space to start with. So it was a lot of fun to kind of design and play yeah. in that store. Definitely, and and you know, you, to be in a business that you're in, like there's a lot of happy faces walking in and out of those, you know, the, every door, isn't it? and it's it's great to see people smiles. I'm sure you know as you walk in and walk out, it's such a special moment. You know, an engagement or or, or a celebration, or I mean, whatever it is, it could be someone's graduating and they get a watch. You know, it, there's there's always a significant moment behind. That's you know the ab- gift, right? Or absolutely the right. There's there's a lot of. Th- I'm I'm probably not really a natural. Uh, salesman, but you know, jewelry is such a mm-hmm. happy thing to be able to sell, and you're helping people celebrate you know, moments in their lives, and so it's it's so rewarding and and, and such a fun business to be yeah. in. Um, you know, one of my favorite things is is to sit down with an engagement ring couple and you know work with them to help them find the perfect diamond and the mm-hmm. perfect ring for them, and really to celebrate that moment. Yeah, no doubt. So so growing up, then you're in the store, you're you're, you're vacuuming the, the the carpet. Thankfully, that's gone now. <laughs> you know, you you. you cleaning everything and, and kind of gift wrapping it in the busy you know busy periods over Christmas is there a time that you you know you think you know you're in high school and, and you're going into university am I going to be in the family business or are you thinking you know I have other passions I want to go my own way you know I I've, I got asked a lot when I was a kid because I was the oldest boy mm-hmm. uh, and you know back then it was you know the son was kind of the heir to the right. business yeah, uh, yeah. which is which has changed it's like now. the royal family um, but uh so I got asked a lot, you know, in elementary school and uh, and beyond by yeah, by people. It's like, are you going into the business? Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit of pressure, not brought on by my parents, but really by other people. Um, but I always thought I would go into the business, but I was never really sure. You know, I had interest in you know the, uh, the common things. I wanted mm-hmm. to be a doctor, wanted to be a fireman, all those all those things that boys kind of dream of. But uh, I always felt I would go in the business, so I uh, I went to the University of Oklahoma and enrolled in the business school. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years into it, I really couldn't decide on what my specific major. And uh, I'm probably pretty vanilla all the time, but I, I like to be just a little unique. So mm-hmm. I heard of this a major called MIS, Information Systems, which is really brand new at the time. And I think uh, someone in the fraternity house, a couple years older than me, were, was in it and said, you know, there's great opportunities to get jobs. And it, yeah. And so I just kind of went for it, knowing not really anything about computers. So once I got over the, the shock of having no idea what they were talking about in my first couple of classes, I kind of got the hang of it. Yeah. And I uh, got a job at Sprint in Dallas as a computer analyst. Mm-hmm. So did some programming and some... Uh, you know, more analyst yeah, yeah. work, and uh, you know, had had my success there. And a couple of years, maybe two or three years into it, I started looking at my boss's position and my boss's boss's position, and and thinking that didn't really look like very much fun. I'm not sure that that's what I want to do. So, yeah. you know, started thinking more about the family business, and and I, I decided that's really where I wanted to be. So, yeah. 
During that time that you made that decision then, that's kind of like early 90s, like tech boom, kind of like yeah, this is really so interesting and, and a lot of buzz going on around technology and stuff I graduated like that. in 91. Okay. Uh, so I was programming uh, programming in COBOL and SQL and all those archaic yeah. languages. And, um, went to Dallas uh, at that time, right after graduating, mm-hmm. and... Uh, uh, came back to Oklahoma City in 1995. So, got yeah. married in February. Well, started working in January. Got married in February, and then uh, uh, immediately went to California to go to gymological school for right. six months. So it was like a almost kind of an, an elongated honeymoon. Yeah, for six yeah. Months. yeah. Um, that I mean. Six months is it, that's an that's a long time, right? But also, it's you know it's very. I mean, you're what you know what you're learning is is I'm, I mean, how was that? There's like, a lot to learn. So it was uh, school basically Monday through Friday. Yeah, eight to three, I'd ride my bike to school mm-hmm. while my wife uh, drove the car to her job. Yeah. She, she she had a job out there, so, um, you know, I'd get home at middle of the afternoon and. Do my studying right. and homework, and uh, do some laundry, and start dinner. Maybe. Yeah, pretty maybe intense not. six months then. It was so. Yeah. It's, you, know, you learn all about diamonds, how to grade them, um, and then all about colored stones too, how mm-hmm. to identify different stones, and um, all the things that go with it. And and at that point, kind of going into family business and going to that school, obviously, you know, it, it is part of your job. You have to go and learn. I mean, you can't do your job without. I mean, I'm sure you can, but you have to. It's an asset to you at this yeah. point, right? It's yeah. not like I'm. It, it really helped me because I, I yeah. it helped me gain the confidence to sell what I was trying to sell. And right. you know, other people certainly do it mm-hmm. in other ways. You know, just kind of learn the business on the fly. And uh, a lot of people do the, the class through correspondence, but it takes mm-hmm. you know maybe two or three years to do what I did in six months. Yeah. Um, so it was good to have that. That kind of knowledge. And you're in base. Southern California, right? Yeah. It's it hard to get my wife to come back. Yeah, Melissa wanted to stay out, yeah, out there. Yeah, we yeah. were having fun mountain biking on the weekends and right. going to the beach. Can we open a store out here yeah. instead? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been great too. And I, I just chatting before we started recording, obviously you're a huge tennis fan and, and play tennis and golf. And golf in California and tennis in California it doesn't get much better, does it, when the weather's no, perfect? No, the weather, you can count on the weather being yeah nice no doubt I had a friend that played golf out there and and you know he would just like on purpose would wind us up in the winter and just screenshot the weather for the week and just send it to us you know and we're in Oklahoma it's blowing 30 30 mile an hour in February like what is going on but yeah he uh he definitely enjoyed himself out there, and I'm, I'm sure everyone that goes out there does too. Uh, so you're going through this intense six months, then you're learning about you know everything there is to learn about you know like I said diamonds, gems, color stones, all that kind of stuff. Um, anything from from those six months that really stood out to you that that kind of any misconceptions or just stuff that's fascinating and. Well, one one thing that was really interesting and eye opening for me is we had a class of about twenty to twenty five people and. There was only, I think, four of us that were from the U.S. So it was a very wow. international group. So from people from a lot of different countries mm-hmm. that you know, culturally got um, you know got to know some people and know. Right. It was interesting for me in yeah. that sense. And um, I had a my lab partner. Everyone's paired up for labs, and uh, he was from India. And uh, interestingly, he was he was colorblind. 
which the first thing you do when you're trying to identify a stone is you look at it and see what color right. it is. That's, that's your first clue. So, you know, he'd ask me, uh, he'd say, is this orange? I'd say, uh, no, that's green. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we worked through it. He helped me with things. I helped yeah, him with yeah, things. Yeah. Um, that must be so cool to be in such a melting pot of people, right, yeah. in the class, you know, just to have four people from the States and, and then people from all around the world and, and like, you're learning, you know, how, how everyone, you know, just hanging out. Can't, you know, you got so much time with each other for six months. You're learning about everybody and how they do things and, and why, you know, what business they're going back to and, and what part of the business they're going back to and stuff like that. That's, that must have been really cool. And that was, that was before, you know, social media and all those things. So, but there are a few people from the class I still keep in touch with yeah. through social media now and other mm-hmm. things. So it's nice to have those friendships. And Definitely, yeah. yeah one it's good one of the other people. interesting things of our time there. It was during the uh, O.J. Simpson trial, mm-hmm. and our apartment that we lived in was like three blocks from the murder scene. Yeah. And so there was constantly cars driving by just to look at the scene. Yeah. The, the day we left, we, we drove, we were driving back, we decided to go stop by the Grand Canyon mm-hmm. just to look over the edge and move on it's a pretty scary uh, thing to do yeah it? <laughs> yeah you know, we were standing there and this tour bus pulls up and the guide of the bus kind of steps down and everyone kind of gathers around her and she holds up a radio and they're reading they're reading the verdict yeah on her radio or whatever wow <laughs> and that's, how, that's how we learned yeah uh, of the verdict gosh that's yeah i mean it's it's a pretty big part of american history i guess right people yeah. Yeah, everyone knows that green canyon oj simpson two yeah. things that everyone knows yeah. something about gosh brilliant and that, obviously the famous ford bronco mm-hmm. which i think the new bronco was released on the anniversary of the oj thing <laughs> i think it? that's what ford did yeah it's all about marketing things that they do i think ford released it on the on the anniversary of the of the the um the the car chase or whatever which is yeah that I'm sure someone at Ford had to sign off on that and pray that nothing bad happened. <laughs> but so so interesting six months then. You're learning, you know, as much as you can learn, taking it all in, and then somehow convince your wife to move back to Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and then you, you are part of the family business. Is any of the other sons part of the family business yeah, at so that I'd, time? Not at that time. I okay. do have a younger brother who's mm-hmm. now in the business with me. Uh, he kind of did the same path. Okay. Where he, worked, he worked for Eddie Bauer for... A few yeah. years and came back, and so it's good to bring you know different mm-hmm. talents into the business from right. where you learn elsewhere. So I'm sure it's important for for you and your brother to get away from it a little bit as well and kind of find your feet, and figure out like because otherwise you probably would have never known, right? Yeah, I know. It was for, always that for me. I'll, I'll admit, I, I it was important for me just to know that I could succeed without right. that given to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was that was good for me and gave me the confidence to come in and yeah. um, try to take the company to the mm-hmm. next level and to keep it going. Yeah. Because it's, you know, I have, I have a lot of admiration for people that start a business. I didn't have to do that. Um, but it's not a given that our business will, will mm-hmm. go every year. And, uh, you know, business is tough and retail is tough. And yeah. as... A lot of businesses have failed over the years. There's been a lot of stores that have been mm-hmm. uh, competitors of ours that are, are that are no longer here, and yeah. so um, we have to work. We have to work hard every day to keep pushing forward and right. 
not resting on our laurels. Yeah, it's not just Christmas time. Everyone knows who you are, right? You, you know, you got to you make money. You have to work. You know, right. the other eleven months of the year. Right. Uh, so, so you, coming back, like, how, you know, I, I, what kind of do you have kids at that point? It's just you and your wife. Like, when you get back to Oklahoma City, and what kind of year is that? So, moved back, and um, my wife found a job, so she was working, and then. Uh, it wasn't a few years later we started having children mm-hmm. and uh, we had a girl, then we had another girl, then we had another girl, <laughs> and then we had one more girl. Yeah. So uh, four, four girls, which is amazing and yeah. awesome. And uh, so they're now in high school and college age. Yeah. yeah. And, and w- were you consistently trying for a boy or was it just, oh, we'll try, we'll just see? No, I mean, I'm sure people don't believe me, but we never found out what what the sex yeah. was before the birth, which I don't okay. know if anyone does that anymore. Yeah, I, it's, um, I've always wanted to ask people, it, like, that's, I'm sure it just makes the day even better, right? I just think it's the greatest surprise in the world, yeah. just not knowing, and then boom, there it is. And, right. Uh, but I I was literally, every time, hoping it was a girl, because, I don't know, I just... Because she's going to have sisters, and yeah, and, yeah. and you, you know, you just... I, I have a, a friend of mine from university. She's one of five girls, I think, and like yeah, and they were of all ages, and you know it's it's not uncommon. And they have also have another friend who has one. He's one of six boys, uh, <laughs> and I think they've all had kids. And the old first kid that that you know all the grandchildren were, were boys as well. They finally have had a granddaughter, uh, which who gets now completely spoiled rotten, obviously. Um, but that's really sure. cool to have four girls. I'm sure your wife's, you know, super happy to have the girls around. And, and initially, I'm sure it wasn't easy, right? You got four kids running around, but yeah, I mean, I think any parent that has a bunch of small children will, yeah, you know, it's it's tough. It is, uh, it's rewarding and it's fun and challenging, and mm-hmm. um, they're all different. Uh, you know, all four. They're all compatible, but they're all different, yeah. um, different personalities. Are they uh, are they kind of vacuuming the floors, and are they in the store, and they wrapping presents? Uh, yeah, they, they've all had their time uh, yeah. in the store. Um, you know, we'll we'll see uh, mm-hmm. what that fifth generation brings. My my brother has three boys that are younger than mine, mm-hmm. so you know we've got several yeah. opportunities, and um, my my older two look like they're going in. Uh, maybe other directions for mm-hmm. for careers, and uh, my third one even is uh, interested in being a vet. So, yeah. um, that's cool. But, but there's time. There's yeah, right. There's no yeah, pressure. And, I mean, I obviously, right. love for one of them or more than one of them to sure. to, to follow into the business. But, but you know, obviously, from your experience and your brothers too, it's important to go out and and kind of find your own two feet and, and look it's always going to be here if you want to come back and and you know there is that opportunity there. But at the same time. You know, follow your passion and go right. do what you want to do, which is one of the greatest gifts, really. And you know, you can give to a child, isn't it? It's like, hey, if you know, if you want to go do something, then go work hard at it, and and we'll support you. Absolutely. Rather than yeah. saying, hey, we've got a job to fill. <laughs> like, you, you know, we need you in the store now. Uh, I'm sure you get some kickback probably from your wife if you started saying that to your daughters. <laughs> right. right? Uh, so, all right. So you come back. You're in the business. Um, and you mentioned kind of you know working hard and growing the business and, and kind of staying competitive. What's some of the key moments then over the years that, that kind of has, has has kind of led to continued success? You know, obviously the internet's a, a big one, and you know your online presence is good, and now social media and everything like that. How's that been? 
Yeah, like you know, like I mentioned, that our we're blessed to have been in business for over 125 years. Yeah, uh, we're actually the oldest business in Oklahoma with the same family mm-hmm. uh, ownership. But you know, we always have that, but we always think we've got to take one step ahead, and we, we've we've got right. to be creative, and we've we've got to uh, be innovative, and come up with marketing ideas and do things a little different and always be one step ahead. So uh, the one of the, some of the things I look at is um, some of the things we've done uh, creatively with our marketing. Uh, and my brother is, he's director of marketing and mm-hmm. uh, vice president. So, you know, he handles a lot of where we've come now with the internet and our website and mm-hmm. social media and things like that. Um, but our Pray for Rain program was probably one of the more significant things that mm-hmm. uh, I started really just three years after I came back in the business. And so that's been going now over 20 years. And yeah. so if people don't know, it's uh, if you buy your engagement ring from us and it rains an inch or more on your wedding day in Oklahoma City, then we give your money back yeah. up to $5,000. And so we've had uh, over, I think we've had 263 winning, uh, winners now. Yeah. Um, so it's a it's been a, a lot of fun. In fact, almost embarrassed to say that our last winner was my father-in-law. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Brilliant. Uh, just got married a, a month ago or so. Yeah. Uh, in Atlanta. During all that rain. Had great weather in Atlanta, but it rained here, so yeah. he got the best of. That's best cool of that you kind of honor honor that in Oklahoma, right? That it's like, hey, even though you yeah. didn't get married here, yeah, we have it's still raining. Had a lot here. of people that have had, you know weddings elsewhere that have had great weather and yeah. rains here. Destination or Sometimes weddings. it may rain at overnight, like 3 a.m. in the morning it rains, right. and then they're already a winter, but then it clears up, and yeah. they have a beautiful wedding here. So That's awesome. A lot of great stories. Yeah, no doubt. And and it's it's really cool to see kind of like, you know, for, for me looking at the social media and stuff that you guys do and, and you know, just kind of it, it is fun to see, you know, you mentioned the oldest company in Oklahoma and, and, and generational family business. You know, it, there's a lot of family businesses that, that get to, you know, three generations or two and they, you know, or four or whatever, and they just kind of like, they, just the passion isn't there, you know? Mm-hmm. It's really nice to, you know, to, to see, and obviously I can get your passion for the business and, and putting smiling face, you know, putting fa- putting smiles on faces, and, you know, and, and doing the work that you do. But the continuous, you know, staying a step ahead, it's important, isn't it? Because there are places popping up all the time that are competition, that are discount this or whatever. And, you know, one thing that that a lot of people say, and and I look at reviews, that it's always back to service, you know, from from day one. It's kind of like, you know, to the point of the the, the rainy day thing. Like, you could just say, no, it's got to be in Oklahoma and your wedding has to be in Oklahoma. Well, you know. There's a reason, right, yeah. that you guys uh, do the jobs that you do and, and the service that you provide is second to none. Yeah, I think that's started with, you know, my great-grandfather's with service. Um, you know, we always try to bend over backwards. If And we have two rules. Number, rule number one is the customer's always right. Mm-hmm. Rule number two, if the customer's wrong, refer to rule number one. And so, you know, we just – we look at – situations that are maybe difficult situations uh, as opportunities mm-hmm. and we we try to go above and beyond what the customer is expecting us to do yeah. about whatever the issue may be um, you know that and you know supporting not just our customers but our community as a whole 
um, that's always been important since yeah. the inception of our company is supporting our community. So I'm really proud of what we do for the United Way and other uh, charities around mm-hmm. the around the city. I mean, we're we're local. We're about as local as you can get. Um, we're not just a company that has come in and tried to right. establish themselves as a local company, but uh, yeah. we've been here and we'll be here. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well, to, I mean, to that point of, of just kind of, you know, Great Granite starting everything, what, what 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 are the stories that you were told then as a kid about, like, Great Granite stories and, and your family stories? And I'm sure there's some beauties in there. Yeah, he, uh, he was... Um, I mean, he was one of 10 kids in Mississippi uh, on a cotton farm. Uh-huh. And uh, when he was 18, he decided to go out and uh, join his brother who had moved to Abilene, Texas, uh-huh. and who had a little jewelry and watch repair shop. And so he kind of learned the watch repair business and retail a little bit. Uh-huh. And uh, this is back in the late 18... 18- 80s and early 90s and he kept hearing of the opportunity up in Indian Territory mm-hmm. which is now Oklahoma yeah. it was Indian Territory then and uh, he finally decided he'd go he'd go give it a shot to make his fortune up mm-hmm. there and took his savings of $50 or so and uh, got on the train with his watch work, workbench and uh, he was heading to Chickasha mm-hmm. he liked this sound of that yeah that sounded like a pretty neat place <laughs> and i uh, got to purcell we were supposed to change trains and realized he lost his wallet oh, so he was basically stuck yeah. in stuck in purcell uh wandering the streets With he, no money. He, he found an acquaintance that he knew in abilene that was uh that owned like a a racket store which was yeah. a five and dime store and uh he let him open up a little corner in his shop and that's that's how he yeah. started and um that's amazing. Isn't it? Started uh, repairing watches and mm-hmm. soon got into um, a lot of the, the the train employees, the railroad employees, mm-hmm. all had to get their pocket watches inspected every 15 days because that's that's how they kept Keep all time. the yeah. trains on time. And so he eventually uh, became the official railroad yeah. inspector of watches. And uh, so they had to come to him every 15 days. No iPhones back then, is there? No yeah. apps to keep you going. That's awesome. That's, but he that's was, so cool. He was ambitious and creative and a real entrepreneur. Um, he actually tried a lot of other side businesses that weren't successful. Um, and he, I've read some of the things that he's written in his old age about all the uh, hardships that he yeah. had from... he. In the, I think in the teens, he bought a piano store in Oklahoma City, um, and uh, his partner that he's with ended up basically stealing all of his money and leaving yeah. town. Um, he got into some real estate that went bad. He uh, tried some oil that was <laughs> not good. And uh, anyway, he had he had a lot of failures, but. Um, but what he did have was a personality and an attitude of mm-hmm. going out there and helping his fellow man. He he was a, a very godly man. He um, he helped start over 20 Methodist churches, uh, and yeah. he became known as Mr. Methodist in Oklahoma. So there's a lot of heritage there, and um, we we have something that he started. Um, 
you know, this was 60 or 70 years ago, called right. our church coupon. And we still do today. If, if someone um, at the counter, when they buy something, if they ask for a church coupon, we'll, we'll give 3% of their purchase price to the church of their choice. And yeah. so we accumulate these over. So every six months, we send checks to... We're 125, 150 churches around the area. That's oh, amazing. So. so good. Such a legacy. That's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's so so cool to have kind of, you know, the, the, the all the writing and, and stuff that he's written down and that, have him around. And you need to do a family podcast just to sit down with recording equipment and, and just kind of have, you know, granddad just kind of tell stories. Yeah, I've, I've been thinking about that lately, actually. Um, Sitting down with my father to tell mm-hmm. some stories that, because my memory is not great, and so uh, some of the s- stories that he has that I don't know of right. uh, would be nice oh, to so have cool. on record. One, my great grandfather, when he was, he lived to be ninety-four, and when he was, uh, he taught Sunday school until he was ninety-two at least, mm-hmm. uh, maybe until he was ninety-four. But right down the street from here at uh, May Avenue Methodist yeah. Church. That's uh, that's I, one of the things I love about kind of family businesses is stories like that, right? Because you know, you, you it growing up in a totally different time back then, the the things that the you know, the hardships and the hard work and, and and there's so many lessons in the stuff that he did, and and obviously you know you you learn from failure and hard work and you know taking a chance to come come to Oklahoma or, or Indian territory at that time, and you know like it, it's. There's so many lessons that you share to family, to, to businesses. You know, I'm sure there's been some times that you've probably gone and spoken to universities or someone you know in the business has, and you know, just pass that on because people today they they forget those stories, right? And we you know we we talk about business and and we think we want to be a millionaire now or by by the time we turn thirty and instant gratification and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, you, you look back, it just boils down to picking a passion and hard work mm-hmm. you know and that's that's one of the things I love about this country is and I've said this many times on the podcast is the amount of opportunity there is here uh, and also the people of the state you know kind of like the the why not mentality of you know let's go do something let's let's figure it out not why would you do that that you know what if you fail kind of question that, that sometimes we get right. uh, in other in other places um, but that's uh that's fascinating stuff, and I'm sure there there will come a time where you, you said you sit down with your dad and and tell stories and just have that on record for for future generations and you know grandkids and and all the rest of it because you know I get the sense that this business isn't going anywhere, right? <laughs> right, it better not. Yeah. Uh, what about kind of you know switching it and kind of bringing it back to you know the the gems and, and the watches and, and just kind of the, the you know the the product that 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 put so many smiles on people's faces and, and uh, uh, some some of them are an achievement to people. I have a friend who um, he bought his first Rolex in June last year and he loves watches um, and he, he is like a huge fan of, of everything not just kind of like I want a fancy watch because it's a statement. He is like a watch nerd and watches YouTube videos about it all day. Um, what what's kind of like your 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 favorite? Like your you know like is it is it the, the diamonds and the gemstones and kind of that sort of things, or is it like you know the the timepieces and the bracelets? Like what what do you kind of yeah, like I gravitate mean, towards? I love watches too. We we have a lot of watch enthusiasts, mm-hmm. uh, customers that that surpass my love of watches. Um, but that's that's one of my favorite parts of the business is, is, is the watches. Um, but I think 
more than that for me is is uh, diamonds. You know, I I love to buy diamonds. You know, choose diamonds for our store to stock, um, and I love to sell diamonds too. So um, it's a pretty fascinating part of our business. That's it's changed certainly some uh, since I came in the business. It's 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 a little bit more of a commodity, but it will never be a straight commodity because mm-hmm. even two diamonds of the same size of the same grade are not the same necessarily. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many variables, and you have to, you know, when I buy diamonds for our store, there's no way I would just buy it off of the stats on a sheet of a certificate or um, uh, online. You know, something yeah. I have to look at, and I would hope that you know consumers would understand that too. So mm-hmm. when they come in the store, it's it's a much better way to buy diamonds than buying online or right. some other way. So, you know, that's something I, I take a lot of pride in and uh, and enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. So, and, and again, like I said, sitting down with a couple, whether it's an engagement ring or a 40th anniversary, a celebration, you know, that's that's really the best part of my job. Yeah. It, it is probably... I bet people sometimes... Sometimes when people come into the store, they might be shocked to see you doing the work right they, they, they look you up and think oh Coleman's president why is he here right they might think I'm going to have somebody else yeah, do I it I think that's I think that's true and I, you know a lot of people may spend their time at Class and Curve or North Park mm-hmm. one of our other stores and they don't see me necessarily there I'm usually downtown where our headquarters mm-hmm. is but at the downtown store even though that's where our offices are I'm most days I'm on the sales floor and people yeah. can find me if, if they want to. And I've got my, my own clientele and my own friends that mm-hmm. I sell to and work with. So that's always been an important thing to really, I guess, started with my great-grandfather all the way down through my grandfather, my dad, mm-hmm. and me. We try to spend as much time on the sales floor as we yeah. can. Uh, and sometimes some of the other uh, duties of owning a small business uh, – get right <laughs> we don't yeah. always do great at everything right yeah because yeah. maybe we're have too much time on the floor but so it's challenging but uh, yeah. we still think it's important you really see what's going on yeah on the front lines and when you going back to what you mentioned like buying diamonds for the store uh are you going to conferences are you going to a central place kind of or are you getting your uh, clientele and and kind of customers not customers but um you know, like the diamond people who make them and the watches as well. Like, are you being shipped away and, and flown places? Like, how does that kind of work? I mean, normally, I do my most of my diamond buying in New York. Okay. Uh, so there's um, diamond cutters there that have facilities there as well mm-hmm. as other parts of the world. And, you know, it, it's a, a good place where you can see yeah. a lot of product and a lot of people uh, at one time. Um, you know, we've made a trip to Africa. We've gone to other places for uh, on occasion. But... Mm-hmm. Um, most of it I can do in New York, and yeah. you know, we we'll certainly do some, especially through the pandemic. We've done, haven't traveled as much, so you know, companies that we've had relationships for a long time, yeah. uh, diamond cutters, will send us a lot of product. We'll pick and choose some things and right. send back. Um, yeah, everything comes through the mail. <laughs> <I> mean, yeah, <laughs> as uh, yeah, as secure as it, as, it, yeah. as it can be, right? Um, how with, with stuff like going to New York and and you know, back when we can travel and hopefully we get to do that. And you mentioned going to Africa. What's going to Africa like being in diamond business and, and going in and buying and sourcing? Like people see the movies, right? And they see all that, you know, and yeah. they probably think the worst things ever, right? Yeah. What is it actually like? Well, I think it's important to know that um, 
you know what what the movies and other issues are about. There's, it's certain pockets and sure. parts of uh, Eastern Africa, uh, and so you know there's South Africa, Namibia, Botswana. Those are the diamond industry is so important to those communities, yeah. and it really supports the communities. and And the diamond industry gives back to a lot of ways to uh, to those communities mm-hmm. uh, uh, communities through. Um, you know, building schools and orphanages and mm-hmm. a lot of different yeah. ways. So, it's it's it was nice to kind of see some of that, and as well as see an actual diamond mine. You know, right. in, the, in the U.S., there's really not there's no diamond mines except uh, where you can kind of go pilfer through some things in Arkansas uh-huh. at a state park. But um, you know, the, the closest real real mine here is in yeah. far north Canada. So seeing the mining operation was uh, interesting. We got yeah. to m- meet with some people from De Beers and you know really see some of the. Are they kind of like quite large scale like kind of mines? Like what is it something that you would? I, mean, I, w- I have no idea. Large scale and uh, there you have to dig so deep to get to where yeah. diamonds are. Um, and some of the equipment that you see is like these tractors with tires that are. Five times as tall as I am. Yeah. It's amazing. They they basically um, will take down some of the parts of the machinery to the bottom mm-hmm. of the pit and put it together down there because they yeah. can't get it down there. Um, but diamonds are very they they form in places that are not easy to get to. Right. Uh, so it's it's very costly the whole yeah. mining operation and you know when you're at a mine looking you definitely don't see any diamonds you just see you're seeing right. tons it's of rock. Right. people digging up. Yeah. And big equipment and you, know, you have to It's not like to, the movies where you just see this gem kind of yeah, like shining to, at you out of the dirt. Exactly. <laughs> I think they have to move uh, what is it um a hundred ton of ore on average to get one carat of diamond. Wow. Uh, so it's yeah, it's yeah. a complicated process. So there's another a mining operation off the coast of Namibia, Africa, where they find diamonds on the ocean floor mm-hmm. because those diamonds have been washed through streams and rivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, basically, diamonds are formed a hundred miles under the ground surface, and you can't dig that far to get them. Yeah. Uh, so... You have to find where volcanoes have brought diamonds up closer okay. to the surface, and in some cases they bring them all the, all the way to the surface, yeah. and then, then then they wash away through rivers and streams to the ocean floor, and so they're mm-hmm. mining on the ocean floor now, and that's yeah, that's that's actually, yeah. I mean, it's it's fascinating stuff, isn't it? and it's you know, it, it it's such a long journey from that putting that diamond right in in a ring or, or somebody wearing it on their finger to you know where this has come from you know, it, it is it is a nice journey uh, from the mining process and then when you cut a piece of rough diamond you typically lose at least half the weight of the rough um, and it's a pretty laborious job to cut a diamond it takes at least yeah uh, a diamond of any size, like a carat or more, just to saw the diamond, the rough diamond in half, which they typically do before mm-hmm. they cut diamonds, uh, may take eight hours to cut yeah. through the diamond unless it's done with a laser. But wow. That's oh, it's fascinating stuff for sure. And it kind of 
It reminds me of that James Bond movie. What is it? One of the one of the James Bond movies. I I am a child of the '90s, so my James Bond is Pierce Brosnan. Um, so there was one of one of those movies that was about diamonds, and it's brilliant as they all are. Um, anything for you that kind of like over the years that you've been working in the business that stood out as like this is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, or kind of and I I don't want to say look what's the biggest diamond you've ever seen because the value of it might not be just because of its size but there are days obviously some days are better than others and it might, this might have been when you were you know studying for six yeah. months well the probably the first thing I think of happens to be the biggest diamond that we yeah. ever yeah. had and sold it was um, the heart of Oklahoma diamond okay uh, which I had an idea several years ago that we wanted something special to commemorate right. our legacy of yeah. starting a business in 1892, being the oldest business. And so I thought, what if we found a diamond that weighed 18.92 carats and it could be kind of the legacy diamond of yeah. Betsy Clark. And so we're thinking about that and kind of looking at you know what kind of diamond we wanted and decided we wanted something pretty unique. So we wanted a yellow diamond. Yeah. Uh, with really intense color and then we thought it'd be great if it were flawless you know a flawless diamond right and so took years to find the perfect diamond for that and we we finally realized um, well we we found a piece of rough one of our suppliers found a piece of rough that could be cut to that there's a 35 carat piece of rough that he thought he called me, and this was after six years of kind of looking at it and thinking about it. Yeah. And he said, I think I may have found the, the perfect diamond for you. And it, uh, as it turned out, it it was flawless. Yeah. Cut it to 18.92 carat. It's a fancy, intense yellow. We called it the Heart of Oklahoma Diamond, and mm-hmm. we uh, had a ring made for it, a handmade ring uh, by Harry Kotler. And, and uh, we built an event around it. And mm-hmm. uh, actually, it got finished um, the day before the or maybe two days before the country music awards okay. this was in 2018 I think and uh, so a few weeks before, uh, uh, prior to that we were thinking you know, Carrie, Carrie Underwood's from Oklahoma right. it'd be great if she could, if she wear, could wear it, it. Yeah. we didn't really think it would happen but um, Sure enough, she wore it on stage at the CMAs, and yeah. she was the first person to wear the ring. And, uh, and That's then brilliant. my brother went there and flew it back. The next day, we had the event in the store, and yeah. um, now it's owned by a local Oklahoman. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So, found a good home. And, and something like that, it's now a piece of history, right? And it's, you know, it okay, that person may wear it every now and then, but at the same time, like it's, you know, it, it's a, it can it will be a future future museum piece you know it is already a museum piece but like there could be 300 400 years from now it's it's in a museum yeah. somewhere which yeah. is again a legacy Someday, right yeah you know that's kind of why you're in the business is to, is to for you know build timeless things and and, and leave a legacy like great grandfather grandfather you know your dad and yourself like it's it's and and back, like i said that before on the podcast like just now you know it's it's these products that you know diamonds and watches and bracelets and necklaces whatever it is like it every single one signifies something right an achievement a moment you know it's i'm sure every day you're just like 
it must feel so good just to see people walking out the store with smiling faces, you know, yeah. and the husband's looking back at you, like giving you the <laughs> thumbs up or the wink, like, thank you for, you know, for helping me or whatever. Is I don't know anything about diamonds yeah. and, and I'm sure if I came into the store with my wife, it'd be like, you know, you, you, there's a reason that you go to school for six yeah. months and it's intense, right? You know, you, the, the education that you guys have gone through and, and I'm sure everyone in the store goes through. It's it's all back to service, and there's all a reason for yeah. for the things that you do. Well, there's so much meaning behind jewelry, and um, most people, when they look at their jewelry on their hands or their ear, what, whatever they're wearing, they can remember mm-hmm. the occasion of when they got that, who gave it to them, yeah. what it was for, and so you know anyone listening to this podcast can look at their jewelry right now and probably name mm-hmm. off, um, yeah, you know those things because there's so much meaning behind it and we get to share right with those in those moments so Mm. uh for people listening then is there anything any i I say tips but is there anything that that comes to mind that um you know when people coming into the store that that they they don't they have no idea what they want and they're looking at things and um you know that they 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 might not know anything about diamonds, but they might have an idea of kind of what they want. Like, what's that process like, and 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 is the timeline kind of different now because of shortages or whatever, or transport or whatever's gone on over the last year? What's kind of like the process? Yeah, there's um, one of the things I like about our store a lot is that we we really appeal to a wide range of people. Mm-hmm. You know, we have um, a ten carat diamond ring in the case that might be three hundred thousand dollars. Uh, and then we have a monthly special that's a hundred dollars a piece of jewelry so and everything in between so people can find something for them and they're going to know we're going to stand behind it and it's quality we also have a lifestyle uh, department with with home accessories and and gifts Uh, so there's a lot of those things that are under a hundred dollars and up so and then aside from that, I'd say people to build their jewelry wardrobes. You know, we always um, would suggest, you know, quality mm-hmm. over quantity of and uh, go with the classics, you know, the diamond ear studs. Um, your diamond pieces are going to hold their value better than, mm-hmm. you know, designer things. Um, and then kind of build around that. Yeah. Uh, people are, people that have had a lot of silver and white gold, some of them are liking now expanding their yellow gold mm-hmm. uh, wardrobe so um, and then as far as watches go um, you know Rolex will s- has stood the test of time and they, they hold their value yeah. better than any, any other watch that we carry and the the demand right now for Rolex is mm, that's what my buddy told me. He's is, like, I could, I've had offers for this already. It's, <laughs> like, it's really incredible. Yeah. We've seen nothing like it, and we've carried Rolex for decades. Um, but if you want a Rolex for Christmas, better go in the store now and, yeah. and try to. Right, <laughs> try otherwise to you're going to be Christmas next year. Because uh, it's truly uh, yeah. the supply and demand is very difficult right mm. now. So it's um, it's tough, but it's yeah. But it, like you know, it's. I think the one that my buddy has, he's like that was the last year that they made it before they came out with a new design. So it automatically went up in value because you can't get them anywhere anymore. Um, and that's that's you know, like you said, they've they've stood the test of time, and there's a reason that you know they are seen as the best, yeah. right? It's it's a generational watch that you can hand down, and yeah. uh, they're really fine quality. Mm-hmm. 
pieces. Good stuff. Well, uh, Colin, thanks so much for coming down. Thanks so much for sharing family stories. I'm sure there's a lot more um, that we'll get to another day. But, um, you know, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast as, as you know, the president of Oklahoma's oldest business. Uh, people now are going to start singing the jingle in their head, 1892. It's 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 awesome. Um, and, and I love it. Uh, and, you know, I'm not a huge watch guy myself, but I see a lot, I'm a huge golfer and there's a lot of golfers that get fancy watches given to them. So maybe I'll be good enough to get a free watch one day. I hope so. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for coming down. Um, for everyone listening, obviously you know the website and you know the social media handles, but I will link those down below just in case you, you want to go check that out. And, and you're thinking about you know spending some money and, and kind of you know sharing a big a big occasion um celebrating a big occasion or you're working towards something you might have you know hit a business goal or whatever it is and, and you're thinking of something to celebrate that and commemorate that these guys are obviously definitely going to be there to take care of you but um for everyone listening we'll catch you next episode cheers this podcast is presented by the oklahoma hall of fame telling an oklahoma story through its people since 1927 for more information on the hall of fame go to www.oklahomahof.com and follow them on instagram for daily updates at Oklahoma HOF. Also, huge shout out to RCB Bank for jumping on board to be a sponsor. RCB Bank's loan promotion is here for a limited time. Head into any of their 40 Oklahoma locations to get as low as 1.79 APR on your next car, boat, camper, or ATV. Apply online at rcbbank.com. RCB Bank, that's my bank. Rate and finance with approved credit. Restrictions apply and member FDIC. Huge shout out to my sponsors. Uh, Thank you for listening. We'll catch you next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening. We are inspired by those around us and hope that you are too. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review so we can keep telling your stories. For more great Oklahoma content, follow This Is Oklahoma on Facebook and Instagram.